My very first Christmas Eve as a pastor, I stood at the doors of the church I was serving, welcoming in everyone, those last-minute stragglers getting ready for Christmas Eve worship, and the organist was about to start the first note of the first hymn, O Come, All Ye Faithful, and as soon as he was about to play, there was a car that pulled up in the parking lot, and I had a choice. I either uh, could turn and get the show on the road and do worship, or I could wait at the door for the one lost sheep, and I chose the sheep. So I stayed at the door, and when the car pulled in the parking lot, a uh, small sort of uh, oxygenarian man with a decisive Ebenezer Scrooge scowl on his face got out of his car, and he started to walk across the parking lot with a walker. And I knew there was no way he was going to get to the door before we finished the hymn. So I motioned to the organist this, which means keep playing. Uh, we, we did this, the hymn twice that night as I was waiting at the door, and uh, by the time the gentleman finally made it, never met him before, never seen him before, I was waiting at the door, and I just wanted to kind of hurry things up, so when he got there, I put my hand out, and I said, Merry Christmas, welcome to church, and I started to move, and he grabbed me. He grabbed me by the robe, and he said, Son, you listen to me. I only come to church once a year, so tonight, the, the good news, it better be real good. <laughs> And I think about that every Christmas Eve. It's been like 10 years since that happened. And I think about that because I think how he felt is kind of how we all feel. I mean, the world just seems to be filled to the brim with bad news. We can't turn on our televisions. We can't turn to our phones without being bombarded by everything that's wrong. Everything that's wrong. Some of us here might not have power right now because of the cold front that came through. It's just It just seems like everything is always bad or wrong. And then we, we come to church on a night like this and we hope... For good news. That's what the gospel means. It means the good news. It's glad tidings, not sad tidings. It's glad tidings. So we come to church and we're looking forward to the good news. Now chances are most of us, if not all of us here, already know the story that we're about to hear through the children and the youth of this church. We, we already know the story. We, we know the scriptures. We know the songs because we, we come to them every year. We know how the Holy Family traveled to Bethlehem with a pregnant Mary riding on the back of a donkey. We know how they were turned away by a greedy innkeeper. We know how Jesus was born in a stable. He was laid in a manger surrounded by cows and sheep and all sorts of other animals. And he was admired by shepherds and he was sung to by the angels. Never mind the fact that half the details I just said aren't actually in the Bible. There's just something about how we like to remember it that way. We like to remember all these extra elements. And I think it's because it's a tradition. It's a tradition. Traditions are important, except for some of us. I know tradition uh, can be a good thing. We like traditions. We like returning to things over and over again. For others, traditions are kind of a bad word. You know, they feel oppressive. We don't want to have to do the same things over and over again. Except traditions, they root us in the world. Traditions teach us about who we are and whose we are. The tradition of Christmas, it locates us around these signs and Signs of hope and joy and peace and love. That's what Christmas is all about. It's the tradition of learning who we are and where we come from, which is why I think we need child-led dramas. We need Christmas pageants because they're able to take such heavenly things and bring them down to earth, which is, of course, what Christmas is. It's the story of God coming to be with us. We need these stories because sometimes preaching, it can feel far away and distant. Preachers like me, we use these big seminary words, stained glass language, and it flies over the head of our dozing congregations. But then Christmas, the kids, they get to preach. They get to tell the story. It's the story of how God arrives as one of us. 
And the thing I love most about Christmas is that we don't have to do anything to make Christmas happen. Christmas happens to us. Notice when we're listening to the pageant, all the characters from Mary and Joseph to the shepherds, they don't make Christmas happen. They are the recipients of God's great good news that's made manifest in the manger. They're just there with hands outstretched, ready to receive the gift. That God, the author of the cosmos, comes. And not for us, for you. God comes for you. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. The message of this story is for you. The world, of course, tells us again and again that we're not enough. That there's always more for us to do. Christmas actually tells us the opposite. Christmas tells us everything we've ever needed is already done. There's nothing we have to do except be like the shepherds. With our hands open. Ready to receive a gift. That's how the good news works. It's supposed to be good news. Christmas is the end of the beginning of our story. About how God makes all things new. Even us. So I'm going to hand it over to the kids. So they get to tell us that story. But before I do one final thought. Last year was my first year as a pastor here at Raleigh Court. And when we gathered for Christmas Eve, we had our Christmas pageant like we're about to have. At the very end of the service, there's a tradition that we have. We sing Silent Night. And we hold up our candles. And we always take a candle and we light it from the Christ candle, the middle candle up at the wreath. And I always take it and I bring it out to the congregation. And that light starts to spread. Now, I've done this every year of my life, except for two years, when I couldn't gather with people, when all of us couldn't gather with people for Christmas. And one of the things I hadn't thought about was last year on Christmas Eve, it was the first time I was going to be with other human beings besides my family on Christmas Eve. And so I, I took the candle, my little candle, I brought it up to the Christ candle right there, and I brought it out, and I don't remember who the first person was. They were sitting right here. I don't remember who they were, but I remember their eyes. Because as I brought the candle forward, I said, this is the light of Christ for you. And they started to cry. And it hit me really hard in the chest in a way I don't think it ever has from the songs and the scriptures and the way the kids were all dressed up all, the light, all of it together it hit me so hard that the good news really is it really is good and it's true for me and for all of you so as you listen today I hope you hear God speak to you about who you are but whose you are and when we get to the end, when we light that candle, I hope you see and know and believe that it shines in the darkness. And there is nothing the darkness can do about it. Which is just all another way of saying, God loves you. There ain't nothing you can do about it. Amen.